Hi, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. If you search for tenderness, it isn't hard to find. You can have the love you need to live. But if you look for truthfulness, you might just as well be blind. It always seems to be so hard to get. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Billy Joel A to Z. Today, we are talking about the song Honesty. Honesty is the second song off Billy Joel's sixth and Grammy-winning album of the year, 52nd Street, and released as the third single from the album on April 21st, 1979. Honesty spent 11 weeks on the charts and peaked at number 24 on May 26th, 1979. Because, you know, you're not going to beat out In the Navy by the Village People. It's just not going to happen. Impossible task. This song also appears on 1987's Kreplach. (laughs) Uh, and depending on where you live or what year you purchased it it's also included on billy joel's greatest hits volumes one and two but for some reason it switches off with don't ask me why they can't seem to put it on at the same time i don't know what the reasoning is maybe we'll talk about that in a second for now let's move on and see if alan can guess where crazy christopher bananos places one of the hits Honesty out of 121 songs. I'm just going to take a stab at it and say 47. What is that? A joke? Are you because you, you're making a face? Like no, no, that's I just that's where well, I you think hit it exactly I, on the number. Wait, what? And that's why you were making a facial expression. Obviously, we record this on Zoom, but we put it out on. You, you hit it so right that I thought you were like looking off my paper, but that's impossible, right? He can't see my paper. It was 47. It's exactly 47. I think that's the first <laughs> time you hit the actual number. Oh, man. Wow. You've been lower or higher, but I don't think you've ever hit the number. It's exactly 47. That It is one above half a mile away, which we did what last week, right? Wasn't that last week? Yeah, his whole list is just alphabetical. Two songs off 52nd Street in a row. And he says, I kind of like this one, but it does feel like a song a lot of people could have written. <laughs> it's probably a little bit true. Uh, Glenn Gamboa puts it a little higher and 39 out of 124. And the fans rank it at 17. That's odd. Those fans. Odd. Who are these fans? I don't know. It's not me and it's you. A, it's a fans ranking. Uh, it's on a little website I've been using. And they rank it at 17. I don't know whether I'd put it at 17. I have to say that I guess when I knew we were doing it, I was a little, you know, a little like, ah, come on. I want the fun ones because <laughs> obviously it's very clear as we're doing this. I'm not as big a fan as the sadder songs. I guess I like the more uplifting ones. However, again, just like Goodnight Saigon, when I heard it, I remembered how much I did like it and why I chose to sing it when I would sing two songs a year at the old old triple in. This oh, so this of, this was one of your regulars. Yeah, yeah. This is the one I, I definitely sang it. This might have been the Good Night Saigon night. I might have sang both of them, but I don't totally remember singing this song. It's a good piano. I mean, it's a true piano ballad. And again, when I started listening to it again, because I definitely, and you and I think do the both, I, I can't listen to Billy Joel anymore because I get excited about listening to the songs as we're going to do them. 
it's almost like saving it up. So I didn't want to hear it anywhere in between. And listening to it again after all these years, it really is great. And when that bass comes in right at the beginning, it's piano and bass. And then later on, you know, Phil Ramone brings in the strings and everything and it works. Yeah, I think it works as a nice ballad. I could see why you would sing it. It's like a powerful vocal, which is really probably good when you're also when you had a few drinks in you and you could belt this out. <laughs> it's probably a real a crowd pleaser. But I'm with you in that I don't really go for these sad songs. I like Billy when he's happy or angry. Those are good. Those are Billy wheelhouses for me. Billy sad like this, not really my cup of tea. Usually when you hear a ballad, you think it's going to be like a love song. And for Billy, it's just about how he can't trust anybody. <laughs> well, he actually is quoted as saying it's the most bullshit song he ever wrote. Right, because he was saying that he is never honest with people. So who's he to ask for honesty? Yeah. So there was a writer at Rolling Stone when he reviewed it back in 1979. He says the sweet music of honesty is sabotaged by the trite lyrics. I don't agree with that. I think it's really good lyrics, but I can see if you put that and Christopher Bonanno's reaction in it, where a lot of people could have written this song. I guess that does make a lot of sense. Yeah, maybe if he had included a character like Mama Leone. Some kind of little Billy Joelism, it would have felt more like a Billy Joel song. I'm all in on little Geo right now, so that that <laughs> is where I am. He's my favorite new character. So maybe little Geo was being dishonest to Billy, and Billy had to write about it. But here's the most interesting thing that I thought: uh, Ken Bielen wrote a book called "The Words and Music of Billy Joel," and he says that Liberty DeVito's drums and cymbal crashes remind listeners that the track is a predecessor of the power ballads of the 80s and 90s. And boy, when he wrote that, I was like, oh my God, I never even thought about that. And then I was thinking, boy, this would be a really good power ballad. I feel like the Foo Fighters could totally do this one and really make it scream and be real awesome. Yeah, or even like a big 80s hair band with like a killer guitar solo in the middle of it, like well, a that's four minute was- long well, that's what I'm saying, solo. but the only one left is Bon Jovi and the Foo Fighters. So that's why, you know, the Foo Fighters <laughs> isn't really a hair band, but they're the only two left standing in that generation. So that's why I mentioned the Foo Fighters, because that, that could actually happen. Whereas, you know, if you're talking about Cinderella, uh, you know, or uh, Skid Row, we're not going to see that anytime soon. Hey, reunion tours, get the Billy Joel songs out. They're not going to do it the right way. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess this song has been covered. I've, I heard the Beyonce cover. That's not exactly uh, heavy metal, but <laughs> it was OK. Yeah, it's OK. I like that. Dude, you hear, you hear the disco version or the uh, the dance mix the no. dance mix. It's pretty good, too. But yeah, I just I like the fact that Beyonce did cover it. I think that's cool. Obviously, somebody brought it to her. I'm sure it wasn't in her mind. Well, you never know. Billy Joel fans are all over the place. I would just be surprised why. I guess this song is good for her vocals. Like she's she's a powerful singer. This is one of his most powerful songs to belt out. You know, what's weird is that this song, like Half a Mile Away, is in B flat major. It's two songs in a row off 52nd Street and two songs in a row of B flat major. And yet. The half a mile away is such a, you know, the kind of songs we like, happy and peppy and bursting with love, as they call it in the Odd Couple episode. And uh, and this one's sadder, and it's kind of fun that they're in the same chord progression. Yeah, I guess it's just that this one's slow and that one's fast. Yeah. And that it's one has little Geo. He's a friend of mine. 
This song was really big in France, as you may know. Do know it went to number one in France. And then, of course, I guess this makes all the sense in the world. This is the one of why we have to sit through Cette Etoile and that there's French and don't ask me why. It is all because of this song being so good in France, right? That's the answer. Yeah, I mean, if if this wasn't a big hit, he never would have written Cette Etoile. I almost wonder if he regrets writing this song because it led to him writing Cette Etoile. I'm going to assume he does since he's already <laughs> angry at that. He says it's a bullshit, the most bullshit song he's ever written. And then it led to what he considers one of the worst songs he's ever written. I would say he must hate this song. I mean, let's just go to it Alon. when, how long, how much does he play this in concert? He plays it a lot in concert, but it's irregular. So this is his 41st most played song. He's played it 120 times, but since 2008, he's only played it six times. All right. So did you see, the version of him uh, doing it in MSG in 2019? No. So there's a version online of him doing it in 2019, and it's just everybody's talking through it. Everybody's just talking. They're not into it. It's very clear it is not an audience favorite. Maybe it's one of his, but they're just talking through it. Like, you know, when's he going to play the next one? I don't think people like it in concert. Yeah, that's why I'm surprised that the fans ranked it 17th, or was it 19th? No, 17. And I don't know who these fans are either, but because it's like, I don't know. I like the song in theory, but when I was kept listening to it for this, I was like, eh, I don't know. It doesn't do much for me. I can't listen to it too much. Well, I do like the fact that there's a video for it, I guess, an old school one. And again, with this guy kind of uh, getting that this is a good idea. And I still think he gets it from Paul McCartney and you know, all the stuff we're going to see in that upcoming get back documentary or whatever it's called, the Peter Peter Jackson one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm sure he was like, well, if Paul McCartney's taping all the songs, we should do it too. I guarantee that's where it came from because nobody knew to record their songs in a video, even if he's just playing the piano, you know? So having this on video is great. But what you do, what I loved about the video, you know, with his old school hair and everything, and, <laughs> you know, I guess it was probably at the same place as they did Big Shot or something it was probably just the same day they just recorded the album like on video yeah but what i liked about it is that's when you realize doug stegmeyer's bass was like as how important it was to the song that's why i don't realize how prevalent the bass is until i saw him play it where i can then see the bass being played i'm like oh, I, I never thought about the bass being so important in this song and when i saw the video I realized it right away, let alone then seeing Liberty in the drums. You kind of get seeing them play it. It's weird. You get more of a, a juiciness to the song about it, which you're not thinking of when you just hear it. Yeah, I think whenever you hear a Billy Joel song, you kind of just picture him only, even though there's another there's a whole band behind him. But you just think of it just being Billy, like a one man band. So it's, it is nice to see them. I like to see that they like to sing along to the song in the background. Yeah, I think well, that's I think cool. They, they seem to do that a lot. You know, I saw him perform this song. At the Meadowlands with Elton John in 1994. I went to that concert. Oh, I just listened to that version. Yeah, I was there. That was good. <laughs> yeah, it was okay. I mean, that whole concert was just okay. I get the feeling like, even though it sounded, you know, I went because it sounded like, oh my God, this is brilliant. The piano men, or I, I don't know if Elton John <laughs> took offense to that, but uh, I don't think they go hand in hand. I think if I go see Elton John, I want one thing. If I see Billy Joel, I want another. They are really different in the things. And it was a great idea. But for me, it didn't really work. You know, when Billy Joel was playing, I wanted to hear more Billy Joel. 
And I actually never felt that way about Elton John, <laughs> even well, though I really like Elton John's stuff. You just had enough of it. I guess. I don't know. Maybe they just weren't playing the songs I wanted to hear. I guess it just shows who you liked better. They were head to head and you decided I want more Billy Joel. Yeah, Sorry, I'm trying Elton. to remember, and I'm sure you can find it out. I remember that at one point they decided to play each other's songs. They chose one of each other's songs. And I know Billy Joel played, and I was really excited about it. He played Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, which I was thrilled about. And I really was excited to hear Billy Joel do that version. But I don't remember what Elton John played, but I remember it wasn't as good. Like he chose a bad one and it wasn't great. It wasn't fun. Yeah, he was like one of those American Idol contestants who just picked the most odd Billy yeah, Joel Exactly, songs. right. And you know, it's funny. I watch live from Daryl's house. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's one of my favorite sure. shows. I don't think they're making them anymore. And when Daryl Hall has all these people to his house and whenever they come in, whether it be Cheap Trick or Sammy Hagar or, you know, whoever, one of them sings a Hall & Oates song and he'll sing one of their songs. And I really, really enjoy that kind of stuff. So I was very disappointed. I got to find out what Elton John chose. And I guess we can do it in the H wrap up. Uh, we'll figure it out. I don't yeah, I mean, it. I could do it now. If no, pause the recording. Elon <laughs> <laughs> like seems to click a lot on his mouth. Uh, that's why I said we'll pause it so you don't hear the clicks. <laughs> no, it's not necessary. We'll figure it out later. But this song, as we know, the 52nd Street album is amazing. And it won Best Album of the Year uh, because it's making up for not nominating the stranger in any category. <laughs> And this song was nominated for Song of the Year, but lost out to Michael McDonald and Ken Kenny Loggins with What a Fool Believes, which is a terrific song. I love that song. Yeah. And I have it holds up and I have no issues with honestly losing to that song, let alone that year. There's so much stuff that I still know so well. It was an amazing year. For song of the year, you have Earth, Wind, and Fire, After the Love is Gone, which I, you know, is in my head all the time. Uh, Chucky's in Love, Ricky Lee Jones, right? I don't like that song, but I know it. But it's really, you can remember it in your head. I didn't even know it was in seven. I thought that was a 50s song or something. So I was very impressed. I Will Survive, Gloria Gaynor, which is ironic because we know Billy plays this in concert. At least the one time, yeah. Why would you playing a rival song that kind of might have screwed you out of also best song of the year? <laughs> That's too. why he did such a bad version of it live. Yeah, maybe he was teaching her a lesson. Again, Michael McDonald for minute by minute. So he was going against himself. Reunited, Peaches and Herb. I mean, yeah. that's legendary. We might not like it, but they are legendary songs. I mean, during that time, they they stand the test of time. And uh, then something by Kenny Rogers, who the hell cares? But uh, And of course, the big snub was in the Navy. Right. Obviously. Obviously, <laughs> I don't know whether you say it's snub. Those village people made a lot of money during that time. You know, I'm talking about the original members. <laughs> yeah, not those uh, fake, the fake Indian and the fake cop. Yeah. Do you know how many times I think Alan and I, through our travels, have met? Oh, you know, I was uh, the original cop in village people. Like with both of us, or I think if you live in New York, you end up meeting the Indian chief or the cop or whoever, the construction <laughs> worker. They all say they're the original. And then we're like, that timeline doesn't work for me. I don't know. That has never happened to me. That oh, it hasn't? I thought you thing. told me that. No, that's oh. insane. <laughs> I do want to meet these people. That sounds really fun. Well, then it's not you. It's somebody else. I mean, I've heard from multiple people. Everybody seems to run into a member of the village people once in their life, especially if they live, obviously, in New York City. That's going to become my new thing. I'm going to start telling people that now. <laughs> I was the original. What should I do? What's the best one? I'll go construction worker. Yeah, okay. You know, or right. You don't want to say cop. 
people yeah, like, not, excuse yeah, me? Yeah, people don't like cops anymore. But construction right. worker, people always love the construction workers. Right. Did you hear the French TV version of this? No, I did not. So he played this on French TV. They lip synced the performance. But what's funny about it is Liberty DeVito's wearing a beret during the performance. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just a studio version. But it's so funny that it's like, oh, we're in France. I'll put this beret on. I'll hold I a baguette can... instead of a drumstick. Well, it's right out of The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have to wear the ba- the beret and uh, carry a French bag. A uh, French, what is it? A baguette in a bag and a grocery bag <laughs> with a bottle of wine. There you go. And that instantly makes you a townie. But you heard that uh, Liberty DeVito made up these lyrics that Billy had the melody. I assume you heard about this. Oh, yeah. We didn't even talk about this. Yet. Yeah. Very Billy funny had the, story. He had the melody for the song early on, but he had no lyrics. And so they were just practicing the song. Liberty was just like calling it sodomy. <laughs> He's like, we'll just call it sodomy. Sodomy. Because the original title, I believe, was Home Again. Yeah. And then Liberty was just making up lyrics and uh, he called it that. And then he and then Billy was like, apparently the album was ready to go and you can't play. It. You, it makes sense. They're like they were probably on a deadline. I mean, you got to put the I mean, here's where we are talking about that Christmas from Volusia kid. You know, what are you an asshole? You don't put out an immediate album after your hit album. You know, there's got to be a timeline. That's one of the things where the record company and you have to be on the same page and just say, I've got to do a follow up album immediately and strike while the iron's hot so there was a rush and he's like why can't you sodomy so he just like rushed into you know like whatever it was he did so he found something i guess obviously but that might not have been his favorite thing to put which clearly he was upset with himself but he was rushed because you got to put that album out on time in this particular case yeah yeah well i think it's funny when billy was just telling the story about how liberty camp was sodomy and then that inspired billy to have to write real lyrics to it Billy right. then said, sometimes you need a kick in the butt, which I thought was really close to being a sodomy joke. <laughs> That's what I thought it was. <laughs> but the crowd didn't get that when they, they just like, you know, cheered or laughed. But they didn't laugh in a way like, aha, how clever. The, the question for me, well, actually, it's not a question at all. But the question is on the greatest hits one and two, how they keep no matter what country you're in, how they keep switching off honesty to don't ask me why they kept switching it off for other countries and other pressings. And then finally, now, I believe both of them are on the CD. So I guess back in 1983, I think when or 85, when the greatest hits one and two came out, they obviously didn't have enough room on the CD, which, of course, doesn't make sense. It seems like a CD should be endless, I guess, if you want it. But I guess for sound quality purposes, they could only put a certain amount of time and they had to choose one or the other. I don't know. I guess they couldn't make up their mind. I think if you bought it in Japan, you got don't ask me why or vice versa. Yeah, well, it makes sense. I mean, if one song was a huge hit in a, one territory and wasn't that big in the other, then sales-wise, you want to put the song that was a hit. I just wonder why they area. chose those particular two. I mean, one's off 52nd, one's off Glass Houses. Just I wonder why they chose those particular two as being the ones that'll switch off. But now I think, believe if you were to pick up, I'm, I'm certainly on the album, that's the way it works if you got the vinyl. But yeah, now on the regular package of CD, I, I think you, I believe if they finally figured out how to put both of them on, so ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it's greatest hits, right? So this track at number 24, how do you leave it off? And I don't know where Don't Ask Me Why was. I mean, we already we said it. But yeah, I mean, that, that was a big you, hit also. So how do you have a greatest hits album and you're missing a fucking hit? It's like, that's not yeah, right. It's like they really I guess they went through the whole list and we're like, well, we can't get rid of this. We can't get rid of this. We can't get rid of this. Getting to 24 is pretty damn good. 
You know, anything well, charting isn't the most important thing in the world. Though. It was back then. It was back then. You have no idea. You're just a child. You don't know how important it was. I'm just a child. I was the construction worker in the village people. <laughs> but really, you don't know. But like that Casey Kasem countdown. I don't know if you remember it on the radio every week where you would just go through the list every week. The top America's top 40. So if you made it into the top 40, it was a big deal. I still listen because they replay them on Sirius XM. Yeah. For the uh, days like they'll play 1981 or whatever. Yeah. That's kind of great. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It's so good. It's so entertaining. All right, Dave, it's time for the trivia portion of the show. Do you have a stumper for me? Yes, I do. And it's classic. It's really fun. I don't know whether you'll get it. Again, I'm not trying to stump you. I just want you to get the answer. But again, as I say it every day, I word it in a weird way. But we'll get there. <laughs> there is a song named Sodomy. In the, cla- <laughs> in the, in the cla- That's why he couldn't put it out also. There's already a song in the classic musical Hair named Sodomy. In the movie Hair that came out the exact same year as this song, which actress is being sung to about sodomy who would appear in a movie with Mrs. Billy Joel four years later. And if you can't name the actress, which I don't think you'll be able to do, can you name the movie? Okay, so the movie is Vacation. That's correct. And the okay, so whoever played Chevy Chase's wife and her name is, uh, give me her initials. You won't get it. It's Beverly D'Angelo. I would have gotten that. I didn't think you would get it. I might not. Okay. <laughs> but I, was yes. thinking, I was thinking Barbara. So I was in the B's. I knew there's like a B name there, but yeah, I for some I reason, I just didn't, I didn't think you uh, would get it. So I just told it to you. But yes, uh, so weird. She's uh, they're singing the song. The, the, the hair movie is awful. They just are walking around New York for some reason. It makes no sense whatsoever. But they're singing sodomy to the right. She's riding horses with a couple of other girls. And it's just kind of funny in that same year that he was going to possibly put out a, a song named sodomy which he couldn't do because they're like wait wait we have two songs named sodomy and, the, and sodomy in the same year with the soundtracks at the grammys uh going out <laughs> the world is going to hell right but it's so weird she ends up in the movie with mrs billy joel vying for chevy chase's attention and four years later sodomy scene in the pool at that hotel see <laughs> it all adds up so yeah. a fun trivia question for all Fun sodomy for all. <laughs> do you have one for me? I do. This song peaked at number one in France. Based on my Wikipedia research, what other two Billy Joel songs, you can name one or both, also peaked in the top 10 in France? Okay, well, it, it, it's not C'était Toi. I, no. I hated it, right. Is it Don't Ask Me Why is one? No. So all the stuff with any French speaking, not in. Can you tell me what album they're on? Oh, we didn't start the fire. No, surprising. I just assumed that was one. You know, I thought that would have because it, it peaked so high in so many territories, but Wikipedia didn't have it listed. I'm trying to think if I should give you a hint or not, because well, I just I tell think me what just... album it's on and I'll try and figure it out. Well, OK, so uh, do you not know? What the hell is this? Well, I'm trying to think how I can do this in a way that wouldn't give away the answer. Just tell me the album. Oh, because the album is the name. So it's Piano Man. No, no. Oh, is the album the name of the song that you're talking about? Is that the issue? Yeah. So is it the song Stormfront? I'm joking. Uh, (laughs) Obviously, is it an innocent man or the river of dreams? 
It's the River of Dreams. That's one of them. That peaked at number four. That was his best song besides Honesty. And the other one is also from 52nd Street. Oh, I obviously want to immediately say Big Shot, but I'm going to say My Life. That's right. It's My Life. Nice. I had a, I had a choice there. And I'm like, I don't see them uh, enjoying Big Shot as much as My Life for some reason. Yeah, they're too snooty. They don't like that. They like the person he's making fun of in Big Shot. Right. Well, yeah, My Life know. was number six in France. My life is, uh, I can't wait till we get there. Very excited about that. Again, Julian Villar, that was that was terrific. <laughs> Even though I was angry at him for moving to the M so quickly. Uh, I could listen to that song every time. That's a great yeah, song. It's the song for comedians. Very much looking forward to that one. That's coming up soon. But for now. Weird Elon. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have for us today? Well, Dave, today for our parody, instead of honesty, this song is called Poppy Seeds. Uh, I was just thinking, what am I going to play there? Crickets. Uh, <laughs> What's worse I than know. crickets? Maybe the uh, price is right. Uh, losing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> poppy seeds well i always know you have a plan but it is funny whenever you come up with the title it's funny every time because it just sounds so stupid but i know you have a plan yeah if you want good bagels they aren't hard to find there's so many varieties but if you tell me sesame is your favorite kind you forgot about the black tiny seeds Poppy seed is the best bagel type. Every bite is so crunchy. Poppy seeds, the only kind I like, but always stuck between my teeth. Hey now. Well, that was our first. There's a couple of issues with that song. Number one, no, I don't think anybody's favorite bagel is poppy seeds. Mine is poppy seeds. It's great. Really? Yeah. I feel like I'm getting my money's worth. because There's so many seeds. Hmm. Well, I don't care for them. <laughs> and I didn't know anybody else did. I've never heard of anybody ordering a poppy seed. Like, you know, you hear onion, you hear sesame. No, no one says onion. I, I love onion. Trust me. If you go to a bagel place on a Sunday morning, poppy seed is often sold out. Well, that's surprising. But the other thing is, you know, you don't sing and yet you were able to hit the high notes. That's hard to do. Oh, when was I, it, when was you, it decent? Yeah. When you were going there, I'm like, he's not going to be able to hit that. It keeps going. I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to continue mm. to go higher. No, it was fine. At no, first, well, that it makes wasn't. me feel good. And then, yeah. And then it got there. So yeah, at first, it definitely wasn't. All right. There it is. Poppy seeds. <laughs> Well, folks, that was Honesty. If you like our podcast, be sure to go to Apple and give us five stars. We release new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, so make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss a single song. Follow us on social media at BillyJoelA2Z and give us some feedback. Do you agree with the fans that this is a top 20 song? Do you believe this is a predecessor to the big power ballads of the 80s? Do you think What a Fool Believes was the correct song to win the Grammy in 1980? And what do you think about Poppy Seed Bagels? Until next time, I'm Alon Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. When I'm deep inside of me, don't be 
too concerned I won't ask for nothing while I'm gone But when I want sincerity Tell me where else can I turn Cause you're the one that I 